Welcome to the East Career Podcast, brought to you from the East Careers and Trauma Committee. I am Jamie Coleman from Indiana University. In this session, we are pleased to have Dr. Scott Saygraves here with us to discuss how to handle a work divorce. When an opportunity arises, you just can't turn down. Dr. Saygraves is a professor of surgery at the University of Missouri in Kansas City and has been the chief of acute care surgery there since 2012. Beyond his numerous publications, he has notably won several teaching awards and has served as a mentor to medical students since 2000. Dr. Saygraves has a long history with our organization and has been an active member since 1999. He is currently serving as immediate past president. Dr. Saygraves, thank you for sitting down with us today on an important topic, but one that clearly can be difficult to discuss. Thank you, Jamie, for the invitation. I, I look forward to um, having some time with you. The world of surgery is one of constant change. Technology is ever-evolving, and just like in the world of professional sports, it seems the team roster is always changing. This phenomenon of the ever-changing lineup starts in residency and continues throughout our careers. As a division chief, do you see this as a positive or as a negative? Well, you know, prior to my current position, I, I was at one place for uh, over 12 years. So, uh, in my opinion... Uh, I think some change is good, and I would recommend that most residents and, and certainly fellows uh, take a look at where they, they do their initial training, maybe mix it up for their fellowship, and then certainly uh, at least get on the interview trail and look at what different places have to offer before deciding to stay where they train, because I think some diversity is good. It brings different training uh, paradigms and fellowships to different places, and and I think it gives the candidate or the, the graduating fellow or the new faculty member a chance to expand uh, his or her horizons and get to see really what's out there in our field of acute care surgery, trauma, and critical care. For someone who is happy in their current situation, but gets offered what appears to be their dream job, how do you decide if something is really worth moving for? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think, really, you have to decide as an individual. Um, I would recommend, though, before you consider moving, make sure uh, what you're considered moving for is, if you will, a step up. You don't want to make a lateral move, and you don't want to make too many of those lateral moves throughout your career. So if the offer is there and it sounds like it's um, a step up, if you will, um, then I'd recommend uh, taking the invitation and going and see the place and, and really exploring the, the facility and the, uh, the job situation, and then get your questions answered and really confirm that, you know, it is a little bit greener on the other side of the fence and and that it's something worth moving for. And then, obviously, before you move, um, you don't take that, you know, uh, light-handedly, if you will. I, I always uh, talk about uh, it's a family decision. You know, some of the, the members who are new in their career and 
and may not have families or maybe just starting families, um, you you really have to get up with your, your spouse, significant other, have a, a real discussion with the children um, because um, moving a you know family halfway around the country isn't any small undertaking. As a division chief, how do you handle one of your own coming to you or discussing a potential move away? Do you attempt to convince them to stay? Well, it all depends on on your situation. If you're barely holding on and and this faculty member will really put you in a bind, um, you may want to um, try to um, persuade them to stay. Sometimes it's out of your, you know, um, out of your, you know, out of your direction, if you will, because um, you may not be able to meet the price point that they're having, uh, you know, or being enticed to, um, but. I look at it as a division chief is that's my goal to mentor, you know, the the junior faculty members up so that they can be successful and get their next position, maybe to associate professor or maybe moving up towards a professor or maybe taking on a trauma director job. So my thoughts are I, I think it, it can be good or bad, but if the junior person comes to me, it's not happy uh, at the current situation. Um, I look at that as um, maybe I've failed and, and haven't helped them through the, the things or haven't been discussing those things with them. But if they come to me and say, I'm really happy here, but this is a great opportunity, then I, I think I've been successful and, and want to promote their careers and um, provide mentorship and and be available to answer any questions that they have um, as they start thinking about that that next uh, uh, career move. Practically speaking, again, in your role as a division chief, when would you want to know that someone is looking? Before the first interview or after the first interview when it might be more serious? Um well, with my own situation, when when I was taking uh, to these different offers, um, I usually say, don't burn any bridges. So um, it really depends on what type of situation you're you're looking to leave. If it's a situation that you're very happy in, and you think that leaving. Um, might leave a, a sour taste in the division chief's mouth or the chairman's, you know, uh, uh, will get upset at you. You might want to take um, some time and really sort out whether the offer's a good one. I would then say, though, that you notify the boss as soon as possible. Um, and usually in academic circles, that's, at least six months, some people would prefer a year's notice. So, you know, when you're moving around, you're changing a, a structure in a division, as you know, you know, new fellows can be difficult to recruit, especially if it's in a difficult uh, job market. And so um, try to give your division chief or your, you know, chairman, you know, six months to a year notice that, um you're going to be changing jobs. Um, that's what I'd recommend. And then how do you handle when someone d 
does look for another job but then decides to stay. Have you found there to be any sort of difficulties in the dynamics between the group? Well, it just depends on how they went about it. You know, if it's somebody who's been in the group five years or so and they're starting to test the water about maybe I can, you know, start looking for that trauma director's job or if I could do this or maybe there's a change in their family dynamic and they have a kid going to school or, or college or something like that. Then, then if it doesn't work out, I don't really think there's much of a change. Um, however, if, you know, they go around saying, oh, this place stinks and, you know, trying to poison pen everything and, uh, and try to, uh, create a negativism within the group, then as a division chief, you really have to sit that individual down and say, hey, look, I know it didn't work out for you, but if you want to maintain your job here, you really have to get into the fold and work for the common good and, you know, let me help you if um, you're not happy here. But on the other hand, um, if you are, then I, then I want you to act like it and, and reintegrate back into the group. So it is it is a double-edged sword, um, and it can be challenging. I think it basically comes down to, Jamie, um, what type of situation you're looking to uh, lead and uh, how your group dynamics uh, has been prior to your job search. And then when you are the person looking, and let's say you've already made your division chief aware, but how do you let the news out, and when do you tell your partners? Sure, I think that's I think that's uh, a great question. When I did it, I, I definitely took the you know six plus months um, notification to to the chair who um, is who I reported to, and then I individually went and made time with each one of my partners and told them what was going on, told them my anticipated departure date, uh, assured them that there wouldn't be a vacuum. Um, and as a division chief, I had already discussed with the chair who the successor would be so I could give that information to the, um, to the junior faculty so they won't feel like um, – there's there's a void with me leaving, and because any change in the group is is a dis disruption to the people that stay there, and especially as a uh, you lose a division chief, um, you know that that can really you know throw some people for a loop. So I I recommend telling your bosses first, and then um, once that's agreed upon, uh, if you're in a position of leadership, try to sort out who the successor would be, and then I take the time individually. You know, sometimes it's a, it's putting it on a, a faculty member's calendar. Sometimes it's just going to the next office, knocking on the door and saying, do you have a few minutes? Uh, but I really think direct communication, eye-to-eye -eye contact, sitting in their office and letting them know um, your decision to leave, uh, when you're leaving, and in some ways, they may ask you why or, um, you know, and so you want to make sure that they're not feeling guilty pushing you out or something like that. And what are some
some of the most common mistakes that you've seen people make in handling their work divorces, so to speak? Well, I think it's it's a couple things I've seen. Uh, one is they make it painfully aware to the group that they um, they're not happy there. So I'm looking, or I'm going to do this, or this place stinks. And so rather than keeping it neutral, keeping, you know, your job search, um, you know, private, um, they go and start poisoning the waters and and poisoning the group, if you will. Um, Then the other thing is I I see um, once they've decided to take the job, kind of bragging about it. You know, what you decide on the contract, what you decide, you know, financially, stuff like that, that's your own information. Uh, you know, if you're friends with some people in the group and they ask you, you have to decide what to tell them. But don't go around boasting or bragging and say, see, uh, I'm making 100000 more than this place. Um, because that, again, just uh, gets uh, burns bridges and, and um, upsets your other faculty members. The other thing I've seen people do uh, as a, what I think is a mistake is, is not notifying the group or the bosses in a timely fashion. Um, yeah, you, you think that there's always a lot of jobs around and, you know, new fellows can come in and fill your, your spot pretty quickly, but, you know, from, from a division chief standpoint, somebody's deciding to leave and they don't give six months if not a year, um, that puts a big strain on the uh, rest of the group because who's going to take that person's call when they leave? And if they decide to leave mid-academic year, um, we still don't have, um, you know, candidates coming in. Um, we still won't be able to fill their void till the beginning of the new academic year when a fellow, say, graduates. So I think those couple of things about, um, you know, boasting or bragging or uh, talking negative about the current group that you're in is the biggest, biggest mistake I see. And then not informing your bosses that you're looking or leaving uh, would be the other main one. Is there any other advice you could give us on how not to burn bridges? Well, I, I think if you're at this point that you're looking – um, I would hope that you've given the, the division chief a kind of heads up. Um, I would hope you've talked with your other partners in, in prior to even looking because um, if you are unhappy, nobody should be in a job that they're unhappy with. So give the division chief the other partners to say, hey, I'd like to do a little bit more of this or the call's too much or whatever so that it doesn't get to the point that you're looking and then you're dropping bombshells on the group saying, I'm out of here. You know, give everybody a chance to try to make amends or to advance your career or mentor you up to try to get you to get you to a point that maybe you don't necessarily want to leave. But if you have decided that for whatever reason, whether it's a better job or closer to your wife's family or your husband's family or, you know, closer to the grandparents for your new baby, 
as well as a, a good academic or a career choice, then I then I think just spending some time talking with the talking with the members of the group to let them know why why you're looking and why you've decided to do this, kind of assure them that um, they weren't the cause of it, and um, and then remember that this acute care surgery uh, community the um, trauma community is it's a pretty small community and you know if you burn you know relationships with you know six to eight you know colleagues you know, it's going to be tough going to an east meeting it's going to be uh, challenging to um you know recruit uh, into your new job as a division chief if you've kind of poisoned uh, some of those things. So I'd recommend don't burn any bridges. Try to leave the job in the best standing you can, going out on a high point rather than having the people left behind saying good riddance or he's a jerk or, or whatever, and just, you know, having them leaving with, well, we're going to miss him and we wish him well. So those are the type of things that you try to um, try to arrange um, prior to your departure. In taking the 30,000-foot view, what is the main message or piece of advice that you would like to give our audience today about how to handle a work divorce? Well, I, I think um, the first thing is protect yourself, your career, and your family. So, you know, not every every move is, like I said before, the grass isn't necessarily always greener on the other side. So before you make those decisions, um, really decide whether it's the right move for you and your family and your career before you even get into that. Um, once you do make the decision to move in, make sure that you've gotten all your questions answered um, and are satisfied with the opportunity that it's as good as it says it's what's you know being uh, what's being told to you and you have that in writing so you're protected but from the standpoint of uh, leaving your group or your you know partners which many times are very good friends as was my case in North Carolina i really miss those folks and i miss those partners and i miss the the times uh, that we've had and 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 what we developed there. Um, so I would really encourage you not to burn any bridges. Um, really try to communicate, you know, while you're leaving. Uh, really kind to uh, assure your your remaining partners that it wasn't them, and um, really try to keep those contacts if they meant something to you up after you leave uh, because you will see them at meetings again you will uh, may have to call them back and say hey uh, you know that that protocol that we developed uh, can you give me some background on it or can you give me some information uh, on on how we um, how we prepared it so you you really just don't want to burn any bridges and you know we've been saying throughout this whole uh, you know career cast you're talking about divorce well it it can be emotional but it it it's really if you do it right it's really you should have the support of your group and it really shouldn't be any ill feelings and it really shouldn't be 
a real divorce, if you will. It will be, you know, a handshake and, you know, going away parties and great to have worked with you and we wish you the best of luck. That, that, that's the best case scenario and that's what I really recommend you try to strive for as you, you know, you know move on in your academic or um, clinical careers. Well, on behalf of the East Careers and Trauma Committee, I would like to thank you, Dr. Saygraves, for taking time to speak with us today. I am Jamie Coleman, and I hope you enjoyed the program. When you find a moment of time, please visit the East website at www.east.org for more East Career podcasts and other valuable information. When you were when you were looking, you know, you and I had a conversation a while back that, you know, when you guys were all kind of coming up through you know, that Mike encouraged you guys a little bit to look around to start setting up other places. What are your thoughts when your superiors come to you and say, hey, maybe you want to start looking at being elsewhere even if you're completely happy where you are? Well, I, I think it's twofold, Nicole. I mean, one, just got to make sure that you're performing up to your boss's standards and it isn't a – component of, um, well, you've done fine, but we need to uh, move you on. Right. You know, that might be one way of being approached. The other way, and the one that I'm a little bit more optimistic about and the glass is half full type of situation is, you know, my former boss and, and I guess your current boss mm-hmm. was a big mentor. So he tried to promote you within and then have yearly, if not quarterly, talks with what are we doing for a career advancement. And then in my situation, when I explained to him, and and we knew, um, or they knew, some of the situations that were going on. You know, I had some health issues with my daughter, and um, the family just wasn't comfortable where we were. And so it wasn't really the job per se. But he got it, and he was like, what can I do to get you to that next level? Um, Because in some ways, it's uh, a feather in his cap that he trains somebody, mentors somebody up, and then they go on, and, you know, it's his legacy forward, you know, um, that you're going out there and running your own shop or, or doing your own thing, and it's his or her mentorship that really got you there. So in my mind, if you're approached with that question, try to sort out and make sure, one, your stuff's tight and you're doing everything that he expects you to do and that um, it's not a job performance issue. That being aside, then you you have to have the frank discussions with him and say, hey, I'm really happy here, or, you know, thanks, what do you suggest? Or, you know, what other places can I I start looking at? Or do you think I'm ready? Um, Are those the type of things that you can really fall back on your mentor about? So a a follow-up a little bit with that. So, you know, you're going to meetings and you're happy where you are. Um, And, you know, maybe you're not a division chief because that's an active decision that either maybe you've made or that's not available where you are right now but might be coming up. How do you handle those questions of, oh, you're not a division chief yet? You know, Mm -hmm. i.e., what's wrong with you? Well, you know, those can be kind of off-putting. 
But on the other hand, if you're happy, your spouse is happy, you're in a, in a, a place where your family's thriving, who really cares what somebody says? Um, on the other hand, if that's digging at you too, going, yeah, why aren't I that way right. or in that position, then it really, you know, set up some time with your division chief. Set up some time with your chairman, you know, and, and really make an appointment and say, you know, I've been at this place five years. My career goals are to do this. How can you help me get there? And then that kind of puts them on notice that you have career aspirations. Maybe they don't know that, you know, or maybe they don't realize that that's kind of gnawing at you and you're unhappy. And so at least have that frank conversation with them and communicate with them to let them know that, you know, you're, you know, potentially looking or you want to do some some career advancement. Jamie, any other questions? Can you just want to look or, you know, like you were saying, maybe it's better to take the first interview and find out if it's actually something you're serious about um, in the six-month to one-year timeline to make sure that you give wherever you're leaving a good chance to find somebody else. I mean, if, if you're seriously looking, you, you have to do at least that amount of time because if you don't, they're immediately going to be ticked off at you. Regardless if you were the star employee or not, because you're going to be leaving and they're stuck. How am I going to fill these calls? Who's going to, you know, take over this leadership role? Who's going to do that? Who do I have to bring in? Who do I have to find money to hire? Um, you know, so that's the key thing. Now, if you're just putting your big toe in, in an icy, you know, lake or something like that and you're just testing the waters, I would keep that to yourself, but I would also do it on your own time. So take some vacation days. Um, you know, uh, don't try to lie about it, you know, but just take some vacation days and go see those places. At a division chief level, it's going to get around. You know, if you're starting to look for other places or you're being offered grand rounds, talking things, an astute chairman is going to say, uh, what's really going on here, you know, you know, you, you're you're being asked to talk about grand rounds to something. That doesn't mean every time you're leaving, but a, a, an astute leader would say, are, are you thinking of leaving or what did they offer you or what can I counter offer you or, you know, depending on, on, on whether that leader thinks how valuable you are. So I would, I, I, I personally, I took those first interviews quietly, confidentially, and um, and then once I, I had got my uh, wife out there and she signed on, on it, then I set up the meeting with the boss, and he kind of knew. Uh, he says, yeah, I thought you might have been looking, or, you know, I knew you'd been traveling some. Uh, thanks for coming and telling me and, and those type of things. And and he knew it wasn't really job or his failing. It was I needed to change some things for the family. So it, it made it a little bit easier, and he could be get behind it because he knew knew what type of pain the family was having. But if it's a, a truly academic issue or a career issue, um, you kind of have to walk a little bit gingerly through some of those landmines because – 
especially if your mentor's uh, you know, huge on the national stage, you want to get a good letter of reference. You want to get, um, you know, the ability to have a, a you know, freaky fruity cocktail at a at an East meeting with them, um, and you don't want to burn those bridges. Well, Scott, again, yeah. thank you so much for that was taking wonderful. time. Thank you. No problem. It's great to talk with both of you, and we'll start. And not 